All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Life Between the Sticks with Cody Cropper. As always, your host, Brandon. Uh, we are here for MLS Week 4 Recap and joining us, Cody, because quite honestly, I'm tired of doing it by myself with you. We've got mm. a former teammate of yours, don't we? Yes, yes, we have Beckham Sunderland, a uh, former young goalkeeper in the league. Uh, Beckham, welcome. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. I love to have another goalkeeper on. Keep the uh, the theme on on here. Oh, yeah. um, where did you play with Cody? And if you had to rate him one out of ten, be honest. <laughs> I'll be very honest. Uh, played with Cody twenty twenty one season at Cincinnati. Um, one to ten doesn't describe it. I think we gotta go into oh. the negatives there. <laughs> I thought you were gonna go the other way with that. Uh, no, I was no, very no. hopeful with that rating, <laughs> and then you said negatives. So I uh, despise you. <laughs> no, Cody was a great guy to to play with and to work with every day. So, yeah, he's up there for sure. Oh, I love it. Yeah, Cincy that was an interesting time, obviously. So, um, we'll we'll kind of keep it there. Look, I'm excited to continue my journey into the MLS with Week Four. Some of these results, guys, honestly, are quite baffling. Uh, I don't know what to make of this league. This league is all over the place, but I absolutely love it. Um, it so if we just start right at the top, Seattle nil, LAFC nil. Uh, Cody, this is one of your games to watch of the weekend. Disappointing or was it just two teams battling it out? I think a little bit of both. I think it was a little bit of a dud. However, there were plenty of chances created. They just didn't fire or take advantage of those opportunities. I mean, both teams missed one or two sitters like right in front of goal. But ultimately, I think a little bit of a dud. You had uh, eight yellow cards, which was actually uh, more. So LAFC had more yellow cards, Beckham, than shots on goal. They had 10 shots, three on goal. And Seattle had 11 shots, four on goal with four yellow cards as well. Uh, So clearly a chippy game. I think these two teams uh, know that they're probably going to see each other later in the season. And they didn't want to let anything um, go. The second half was quite aggressive in that sense, but also because there wasn't much else going on, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. I feel like a, a tie is a fair result for that game. Uh, I think if one of the teams gets, gets the first goal, it probably ends up going towards a tie as well. But, you know, with a couple more goals. Is, yeah. Look, is overall is pretty even. Like if you look at yeah. the stats and things like that, 1.2 XG for LAFC to 1.4. The shots are there, Cody, like you said, you know, goals called back about 50, 50% on the possession. So um, are they, like I said, what, how do you approach this game? Is it a, a must not lose for both sides? I think it's, I think it's one of those games where both teams want to go out and win. I just think both teams mitigate the situation extremely well. They are playing not to lose. That said, there was a fair bit of feistiness and that can be seen in the bust up in the six yard box with Aaron long kicking the ball when it's in Stefan Fry's hands, Fry getting up, getting in his face. I think there's a little bit of a rivalry because these are, these are and have been two of the top teams in the West for the last four or five seasons since LAFC came into the league. And 
I don't see this rivalry, I'm going to call it, going away anytime soon. All right. Well, hey, good stuff. We're not going to spend a lot of time because the next one up we have is Atlanta 5, Portland 1. Guys, we were kind of talking before the podcast. Uh, This is Tiago Amada's league. He is absolutely going from strength to strength. Um, the, you know, former world cup winner, just bringing a new level to this team. I think Beckham, we didn't, haven't really heard from you, but when we did our preseason kind of preview, I think people weren't really sure what to make with Atlanta United. They thought they maybe have to rebuild, but clearly getting a couple of players back from injury, seeing Almada absolutely ball. And now even Wiley, their, their youth Academy player stepping in, acting like he's a 23, 24 year old vet, not an 18 year old. It just seems to be clicking for this team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right now with Almada and like you said, Wiley, you know, firing in all gears. Good to have uh, Guzan back in net, obviously. So, yeah. Yeah, I would I would add to that and just say, look, Almeida, Almada, however you want to say his name, has scored four goals in four games and has four assists in four games. Everything that this kid touches turns into gold right now and if he continues to play like this i'm not sure how much longer they're going to be able to hold on to him oh yeah i mean he's having a goal contribution guys every 45 minutes early days but like fascinating this is crazy all right beckham you got Almada on your team what are you guys doing in the locker room what are you guys doing on the training ground to maximize everything he does because to cody's point a goal contribution every 45 minutes. Like how do you guys set up to support a player like this? Give him whatever he needs. Hey, don't track <laughs> back. Yeah. You sit yeah. there. I'll look for no. you on the counter. Right. Complete freedom. Complete freedom. That's wild. Um, I mean, like, I guess what, what do you, what are you kind of expecting from Atlanta now? They, they put the markers out there. They're top of the top of the league, essentially when it comes to, you know, like the goals and contributions, I'll have to grab the standings real quick too to see uh where they where they're at, but they're in second place. That's wild that St. Yeah. Louis City is still holding under number one, but they're in first place. They've got a plus eight goal difference, eleven bagged, three against. Like, I mean, they they I feel like they they have to be in the title discussion now, and they're gonna have real pressure on their shoulders. For sure. For sure. They're gonna be. They're going to be towards the top of the table, I think, if if they can keep this momentum, right? They need to keep players healthy. They need to keep Almeida, Almada uh, on the field and firing on all cylinders because without him, I'm not sure what they look like. But if they can keep him fit, I think they're contending. And that's shocking because I don't – I didn't have them as a – I had them on the outskirts of playoffs. And I think a lot of people based on last year's performances probably had them in the same kind of area. Hey, um, any surprise Beckham with Portland, I guess I, you know, coming in from an outsider, I, I just know that they have a great atmosphere. They're up and amongst it, you know, but they just, they haven't really clicked yet this season. And I'm starting to kind of wonder what I should really be expecting from this, you know, this team that are currently in 10th in the West with uh, only one win 
this season and three losses. Yeah, I don't think there's anything to worry about for them. They they have the the history of starting slow often. Um and then come playoff time, they're right in the mix. So I think I think it's calm days for them still. They've still got some time to to figure it out, you know, early on in the season. I will say they scored the goal what a minute and a half into the game yesterday. It gets called back. Yeah. Yeah. And do we know why that goal got called back? I I I, I can't I couldn't I watched the game and they weren't very clear on that because Williamson scores a heck of a goal. I was I was just trying to like scrub the uh the kind of the play by here play here on the website to see it said uh no goal var decision um he was offside. Okay, so there must have been an offside leading up to because yep. Williamson hit that ball from 30 or 40 out. Yeah, yeah. Niaz got that was far. Offside. 25 to 30 out. Okay. Yep. So somebody in the buildup was offside. Okay. Yep. There was a lot Fair of enough. that this weekend. Yes, there was. So look, we'll but have to that changes the complexity of the game, by the way. If that goal goes in at one's if that goal go- counts, Portland are up one zero, and that changes the complete complexity of the game. It for sure doesn't end up five one. No, not at all. Not at all. Well, they didn't get their goal to the 83rd minute, right? So it was just exactly. Atlanta piling on from the 25th minute on. Uh, classic Tiago Amada. He loves his stoppage time goal. Uh, he had his two, uh, I think, in game week two, and he's got one in the 45 plus fifth again. Teams need to stop giving up right before uh, halftime. We're seeing so many goals go in right before halftime and stop in this season. It's It's funny you say that because one of the things that – goalkeepers are very aware of is being switched on in the first five minutes of a half and being switched on in the last five minutes of a half. And you are continuously seeing goals conceded in both of those five minute phases on either side of halftime or either side of the whistle. Yeah, here we are, right here. We are all season seeing it. All right. I'm excited. I hope Atlanta continues to just blast this league. Uh, because anytime you get a team that's clicking as well as they are, it is fun to watch. And they're going to probably be on your uh, game week five matches to watch. Cody, we'll have to see a little I bit would of an assume upset. So. little bit of an upset here, though. Montreal three, Philadelphia two, Montreal off to a very slow start this season, right? As we all know, um, not a lot of expectations from them. Even though they had a pretty good season, they're in 13th in the East. Uh, with one win and three losses, obviously this being their first win. And again, it's at the absolute death Beckham on the 90th minute and then 90th plus eight, they score two after uh, uh, Philly went down a man after Carranza got two yellow cards and had to get sent off. Obviously Andre Blake's not in surprised at all here. I mean, Philly's dealing with a lot of adversity early on. I mean, the way that game ends is absolutely wild as you saw with the goals and the finish. But like I said, similar to Portland, it's Philadelphia. They know how to win. Uh, I think it's, it's so early in the season and it's easy to look at it from the outside and start, you know, seeing red flags, but it's so early on in the season. The season is young. You are right. My young Padawan learner. <laughs> What um, wasn't it wild that their their 90th minute goal Cody goes in, you celebrate, 
VAR comes back, says nope, no, or the referee blows it off, and then they go back again and again, then award it. You're time. like, yeah, what what's happening here? The yes, roller coaster uh, 100%. Of well, my big thing is Philly switch off late. Or yeah, Philly switch off late and concede two goals in the last five minutes of the game. And as Beckham says, they know how to win. But that doesn't def- that doesn't back that statement, right? Like you would think a Philadelphia team who should have and could have won the league last year would understand that they have to be able to mitigate these moments and hold, be able to hold on to a two-one lead with four minutes of stoppage time. But that silly red card, that silly double yellow, who was it, Gazdag or Carranza? Carranza. From Carranza really impacts them. I mean, because they end up playing for 20 to 30 minutes, a man down, and that's taxing. Hey, credit to Montreal. They, you know, because like I said, they've been down and out. They were winless going into this Beckham they're still professionals. They got a job to do. Uh, was it Kyoto scored the first goal and put the fingers in his ears at yeah. home? At home. Like these guys that showed to me, it showed that Montreal wants to do well this season. It hasn't come off, but like, they're not quitting two goals no. in the last six minutes of the end of the game shows that, you know, and the one guy, he, he stuck his head in against someone's knee. Like he was determined to score like credit to them. Yeah. You love to see it. A passion, the absolute passion, but heartbreak for Philly. Uh, but that is on them. They're going to kind of have to go back to the drawing board of Jim Curtin and kind of figure something out. Another team that hit the banana peel, New England Revolution won Nashville zero. Look, you guys probably saw the clips. You heard it from last week. I was drinking all the Nashville Kool-Aid I could get my hands on. They hadn't conceded a goal all season. They were rocking in their home stadium, having played a couple games there. They went to New England, Cody. And they got a bit of a surprise. I will say this. New England is not an easy place to play. It is one of the worst away venues to play in. Turf, it's cold, it's a football stadium, so it's a terrible atmosphere. And, uh, you know, in this instance, I think New England respond extremely well. Obviously, they got beat 4-0 last week by LAFC on the road. They come home and they pull their thumbs out of their butt and you know, kind of produce a solid result. 15,000 people at Gillette Stadium. You're telling me that's a tough atmosphere? Uh, that's a terrible <laughs> atmosphere in a 77,000-seat stadium. Yeah, I yeah. I get that. Uh, Beckham, what are your thoughts on New England as an away day? And is that enough of an excuse for a, a Nashville team that was flying high? Well, I've only played in New England with the second team here in Cincinnati. Um, and I can agree with the pitch being not the best to play on uh, for <laughs> soccer. Uh, but, I mean, you got to say, what a finish by Gustavo Bo. Near post, yeah. quick. Bang. You, you can't get it any more perfect than that. And, and I will say this from a goalkeeper's perspective. A lot of people will point the finger at Joe Willis for being beat in the near post. But I'm going to tell you, it is impossible to protect the entirety of the goal 
on tight angles like that. You either give up the high near post or you give up the low far post. And I've been beaten both. Okay. And no matter where you get beat, goalkeeper do better. Cody, you got to save that. Cody, you have to save that. It's like, guys, you can't protect the entire goal from eight to nine yards out when somebody sticks their foot through the ball. Yeah, there's, are, there's nothing to do about that finish. Are you saying that some pundit somewhere said this stupid thing and it caught on? Yes, pretty that much. Goalkeeper yeah. should never get beat at their near post, as if yep. getting beat your near post is worse than getting beat your far post. Yeah. Pick pick your poison. What which one do you which which one do you want us to give away? Let me know. And I will give that one away. And there you go. Then that's our decision and we move forward. Hmm. But uh Again, protect 24 by what eight, eight by 24, eight 24 by, 24. by eight. Can't cover the whole thing. That's it's a impossible. sure idea. I like that. Let's keep that. Let's keep something. it. Um, uh, Beckham, second part of the question was Nashville, right? Riding high. Uh, if we look at the, the standings, you know, they, they were higher, uh, but obviously dropping points are down to fourth in the East uh, while they took on, um, you know, a new England team that are trying to find their feet, trying to, to get a little bit consistent in the season, but they're now in second in the East after again, getting pummeled. I wouldn't say they got pummeled. Uh, I met revs last week against LAFC. They okay, came okay. back from getting pummeled. Yeah. You know, yeah. So you had, you had a team that had been beaten up in Nashville, just you know, tough day on the road. Yeah. Like you said, tough day on the road. I mean, there are games that you're going to walk away from and you go into it knowing it's going to be a tougher atmosphere, tougher game to walk away with points from credit to new England. They do their job. They go out there, they get the win. It wasn't, you know, a perfect game by any means, but they got what they needed out of it. And yeah, they deserved it to be fair. And and teams that are going to push for the playoffs are teams that are going to be able to, see out one zero victories versus tough opponents, right? They're going to scrap for, they're going to scrap for 90 minutes. If you want to make playoffs, you need to win ugly. Yeah. You win the ugly games. That's, yeah. that's all it is. And be in the top three quarters of the conference. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, that's pretty easy. Yeah. But Hey, you still got to get some of it done. Uh, a couple teams that are fighting head to head in the conference standings uh, there in the East. You've got New York Red Bulls two, Columbus one. Uh, obviously, we had talked last about New York Red Bulls with the snow game in Minnesota and how that was a bit uh, disappointing as far as the pitch uh, in that sense. Columbus, we've definitely seen stuff out of them, but again, we're kind of waiting for uh, a couple results in a row to break their way, uh, but we don't have it. So, Lakinius in the 58th minute. And Van Zier in the 86th uh, overcome Columbus's early goal from Matan in the 33rd minute. Cody, um, you know, they're playing at New York Red Bull Stadium, Columbus on the road for this one. You know, yeah. Thought- for me, two things stand out to me. Cucho, losing Cucho early in warmups to injury hurt Columbus in this one. I don't think a lot of people realize, and I certainly did not, how much of an impact he has in their offensive game. 
Obviously, he's a key piece, but without him, they do not look as potent. The second thing that stands out to me is the only reason they scored is from a goalkeeping error from Cornell. Gets caught in no man's land. A little bit unlucky that the ball kind of bounces off of his own defender and then falls to Matan. However, I don't think he should be in that position. Beckham, in your perspective, like I said, two teams are battling out. Losing your key player right before warmups, how do you guys have to readjust? Or is it just, hey, next man up, same otherwise? I mean, in the ideal world, it's next man up, but that's a damn tough thing to do, you know, to to go into a match. Obviously, you want to prepare for every match like you're starting, but once you know you're not starting, it's it's a hard mentality to keep that going. So that change right before the match, I mean, that it's tough. It's tough to come into the game and, and you know, kill it how you want right away. Reminds me of, uh, what was it, Cincinnati versus New York City away in 2021. Weird. Who got the blame, <laughs> Who got the blame for that game? Would you like to give a little more context, Cody, even though the three of us no, know exactly I what you're talking no. about? No, I wouldn't. Okay. Right. <laughs> so again, we'll have to see. Uh, you know, you got to beat the teams around you. And right now, they're around each other. New York Red Bulls in tenth. Uh, like we say, Columbus in twelfth. Um, you know, they're 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 trying to figure it out. The only difference between them is that New York have an extra point because they got an extra draw. And those are some of the margins early in the season. You don't want to drop too many points too early. Uh, so we'll see how how it sorts out. Speaking of New York City FC three, DC United two. Uh, I will refrain from using the manager's name in DC and stick to the players here. Cody, you talked about it, so I'm gonna put you on pause. Becca, my man, talk to me about New York City FC playing on a baseball pitch. It seems they've got two in a row at home, I believe. It, it's a bit of an advantage. Cody says it's small. DC, they're in it, right? But again. Like they had to trail the entire game. What's it like playing on that baseball field? Can't say from experience of that exact baseball field, but I can say from a lot of academy games on football fields, um, on baseball fields as well, sometimes it makes a difference. You know, when you go into an atmosphere uh, playing against a team that is on that pitch, they're used to it. It's challenging. I remember build up to playing in New York City. Uh, either last season or the season before that we spent the week, you know, we, we shortened the the width of the field to prepare for it. And that's how big of a difference it, it makes, you know, those extra, what is it? 10 yards, whatever. I mean, that plays into a game a lot. So. 100%. Well, just the, the simple spacing of players, the, Ability to adjust to that is, is is very difficult when you play on a full-size pitch for 95% of the season. And then you have this one game where you have to adjust and play on a field that is 10 to 20 yards um, shorter and thinner. And it's yeah. like, well, uh, this is an advantage. It's a big advantage in New York City takes advantage of that and you know uses it to their benefit for sure and one thing a lot of people i think miss it's easy to talk about you know just in possession and you know defending not having the width of the field 
but set pieces. I mean, you get corner kicks, not having the extra five yards from where the ball's whipped in ball comes in fast enough already. And speaking like as a goalkeeper for me, in suck. You take away an extra five yards on that. It's less height on the ball. Then it's coming in faster. You got guys closer to you. It just adds to the chaos. And that is a massive advantage where teams are used and they're prepared to whip a ball in. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I love that perspective. Yeah. And New York city, again, they spent the first two games on the road, lost to Nashville, drew Chicago, and now they're two in a row at home. So they take on Houston next uh, on the road. So we'll see, you know, if their form is really, really tied to home and away, but I bet if you looked historically, New York city far outperform at home compared to their away uh, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. Since they've come into the league, they've played on that field and it's been a, it has been a big advantage for them that say one thing I will say about DC is they have conceded nine goals in four games. Ooh. For me, a team that is run by Wayne Rooney, a former striker, a former striker should Understand the concept of you need to be able to keep the ball out of the back of the net. He signed two goalkeepers too. What are we doing? He probably just thought, hey, I'm going to sign a couple good goalkeepers. They'll figure it out. I'm going to go work on the rest of the team. (laughs) So my question to you, Bex, is they've conceded nine goals in four games. Do they make a switch? Do they put Bono in and drop Miller? That's so tough, man. That's I, so tough. I agree. And I don't know, like, I don't know what the fair answer is. If I'm Miller, I'm pissed if I'm getting dropped. But I think you thing- look at you look at the first goal. It might have been the first or the second goal. He's out of position. He drops, he drops in on that 1v1 and he's too tight to his near post, and it opens the far post for the player. So it's like, can you look at some of the goals and say, Tyler, there's a reason. Or yeah, but you say no one backing you. You say that, but then the guy goes near post that finish. Tyler pulls pulls off a worldie with with his foot or, or reaction save. Then you look at it. That's nominal positioning. So it's all about you know the circumstances that happen. And I think that's one of the things that sucks about being a goalkeeper is it comes yeah. down on you. So often, yeah, well, and- you're on an island and you're. You know, nobody's looking at the 10 mistakes that are made before the ball gets to you. Everybody's looking at the one mistake, you conceding the goal. And we're going to go back to the positioning and the dimensions of the field. How much of how much does that impact his positioning? That's a good point, right? And when you got two, you know, essentially number ones in your ranks. The problem is, and I, I not, who knows, right? I doubt, I don't know. You guys tell me, right? Do you think that Tyler Miller signed knowing that Alex Bono was going to come in right after him and that they were going to have to fight for the number one? Absolutely not. He had no so, idea. So he's in the situation now. He's probably going to find it quite unfair, but flip it. Hey, Bono. Hey, yeah, Gaffer. knocking on the gaffer's door. Hey, Gaffer. 100%. Got a question for too. you. You conceded eight, second worst in the league. You want to try something? And it's a hell of a lot easier of switching a goalkeeper than switching a back line, switching a tactic setup or something like that. Of course it is because then it it takes the pressure off of the manager's decisions. 
right? It's not the manager's fault that his team or the the players that he selected are underperforming. It's the goalkeeper and the goalkeeping coach. And what are they doing wrong? And what was it in Cincinnati, Bex? Before, before, what, what, who's the manager there now? Pat Noonan? Yeah. Before Noonan and the, and the GM that they brought in, who's the GM that they brought in? Chris Albright. Yeah. So before Albright and Noonan, it was always the goalkeeper. <laughs> it yeah. was. No, you're, it, you're it didn't matter. It didn't matter if it was me. It didn't matter if it was Ben Lunt. It didn't matter if it was Vermeer. Teton. It didn't matter if it was Vermeer. It was the goalkeeper's fault. Have you been in that situation, Bex, where you're just kind of like, can't can't catch a break? Or have you been that second one who finally got the spot and, and flipped the switch? I've been in that position last year. Well, the past two years, I can't catch a break. Cody knows about the, uh, the concussion issues. Um, you know, not playing games felt like anytime you get in form, something just doesn't go your way and you're out again injured. Um, and then last year with, with the second team, it was that exact same thing. You just can't catch a break for such a long time. You're walking away from every game, not, not feeling like you played poorly, not feeling like you were directly at fault for any of the goals, but, you know, maybe you were step off in positioning there and, and you want it back and you think you could have done better. Maybe your decision making and, and the timing of it wasn't perfect. And it just, it compounds on itself, you know, one thing leads to the next. And suddenly, I mean, I probably had multiple two three game periods where I end up looking back on it and I've conceded six, seven goals out of that. Yeah. But then it's the same thing, you know, positively speaking, you go from not in form, you have one good save in the beginning of a match, that match turns into a clean sheet, you're on top of the world again. Yeah. The highs and lows of goalkeeping. Moves quick. In the valley. Moves very quick. Moves yeah. quick. Hey, so I always said it with at our level. I'm D3 Beckham. Thank you. Um, short-term memory, right? 100%. Yeah. But it changes when you're a pro and you're Tyler Miller and you got Alex Bono sitting there just waiting. He's like, hey, you yeah, know? we're a team for sure. We're There's a team. Pressure. But I wonder yeah. what training's like. Make sure, hey, it's and Alex has to stay sharp, right? He has to look good in training so that there is that uh, that opportunity for him to get in. You can't sulk because uh, obviously they're not gonna they're not gonna trust you. All right, we're gonna take a real quick break. I know the excitement was so much to handle, but Cody, we have another sponsor of this episode. Who do we have today? We have Shanty Bar. Shanty. Uh, this is Shanty Balance. Yes, Shanty Balance, Shanty Bar. Um, it is a non-GMO, USDA organic, vegan, gluten-free, women-owned product. And wow. one of my favorites just because of all of the certifications, right? They are a clean brand, and it's a performance superfood. One of my favorite products. Uh, currently that I'm using and one of my favorite flavors, the Mexican mulberry. So give them a try. Uh, a favorite of mine and my wife's who I strongly support because she is a boss bitch. And this being a female company, female owned company, 
Yeah. Got to give it to them. Look, we all need pick-me-ups throughout the day. Instead of going to a candy bar, instead of going for a donut or a bagel, like check this stuff out. You're going to feel yes. better. It's going to give you more energy as well. And again, if it's athlete certified, it's good enough for you and me, ladies and gentlemen. So link in the description, check it out. And if you do, let us know what you think. All right, all right, all right. Back to the episode. Hey, can I get a round of applause for this next one? Orlando one, Charlotte two. Hey, welcome well to done, the Charlotte. Good job. Hey, Good job. We're, we're proud Way to of start you. strong. Hey, Charlotte, it was 14th in the West, uh, and Orlando's ninth. Orlando done all right. You know, they they got a win, a draw, a couple losses. You weren't really sure what to get out of them, but uh Charlotte picking up the way, the result on the road. Yeah. Um, and I, let me tell you this: that is not something easy to do, especially in Orlando. Why? Why is it difficult to do on the road or why is it difficult to do in Orlando? You said it. I'm asking. So (laughs) on the road, (laughs) playing on the road in MLS is very difficult because of mainly one thing. The travel more often than not is very difficult. Flights the day before a game or two days before a game, depending on where you're flying to, is very difficult. And it's not something you see in any other league in the world. Second thing, in Orlando, the heat and the atmosphere are extremely difficult to play in. And so for Charlotte to go there and get three points in their first win and their first goal of the season, correct? For Charlotte? Yeah. Is that right? Goals, goals, Maybe. goals against goals. Three. They have three goals. So this is what they would have already scored one. Okay. But to go there and get their four, first points of the season, their first win of the season at, at, at a minimum is is an accomplishment in it in itself, especially after being schlacked by Atlanta last weekend. On the topic of accomplishments, round of applause for Marks in that. Yeah. Yeah. First game with Charlotte. And he played well, made some very good saves. He looked like he'd been in the league for eight years now. Yeah. Yeah. Solid performance. Good for him. I agree. Yeah. And I will say this, they, their win comes down to two things. Weathering an early flurry of opportunities or chances from Orlando. First 25 minutes was all Orlando. And I believe they had a goal called back for offsides in that 25 minute period. And then applying constant pressure to Orlando throughout the game, whether it was during the phase that they had to weather or, you know, the chunk of, of match play that they were actually better in, they continued to keep Orlando on the back foot. And historically the last three or four years, Orlando beat teams because they are able to do that to their opponents and Charlotte essentially beat them at their own game. Well, and you talk about Orlando. I mean, every time I'd watch an Orlando match in the last few seasons, whether it was Kaka there or Nani, everybody is dripping with the humidity. And maybe it's early enough in the season, right? So it's not as bad come this summer. No. But guys, Orlando had 19 shots, seven on goal. Charlotte only had eight total, albeit four on goal. So you talk no. about weathering a storm. That is exactly what they had to do. Uh, six yeah. saves come out of 23-year-old Marks in goal. Uh, his photo makes him look like an absolute child. Good for him. Uh, but even with all those shots, uh, Charlotte stepped in front of a lot of them and uh, blocked quite a few. So they had only kept them to a 1.6 XG, which yeah. you know could have been something. But again, making changes. They're on the road. 
They're in a bad run of form. Again, they've got every reason to just pack it in and say, poor us. And they don't, they go out, they score two goals um, and, and they get something on the board. You know, they score the first two, right? So yeah. the entire second half, it is just bunkered down. Oh yeah, absolutely. As soon as they, as soon as they got into halftime, it, I think it was, they went into halftime two zero up and they come out and they're going, all right, guys, park the bus. Let's, let's see this result out. Obviously two zero is arguably one of the most difficult positions to be in two zero up is one of the most difficult positions to be in because usually teams will pull their foot off of the pedal and they'll switch off. And thankfully in this situation, if you're a Charlotte fan or a Charlotte player, you kind of saw the second 45 out and you grinded out a result, a great result. What I, yeah. what I would, what I would say, and I don't know, Beckham, if you think that this is interesting or not, but Charlotte are leading the league in one thing, uh, and that's cautions. And they're <laughs> up there. I think they're top three or four with most fouls committed. Love um, it. So they're doing it the hard way, Beckham. <laughs> they're doing it the hard way. Yeah, you love it. Oh, gotta, you got to grind out results, and if that's bringing players down, bringing players down in the right moment. They're doing it. Um, next up on the docket, Toronto to Miami nil. Finally, Bob Bradley gets the result. He's been demanding last time. Cody, you said that he would have been yelling. He would have been just upset with the way that they were conceding late goals and giving up points and results. Osorio and K getting the goals. Miami flattened here. Obviously Toronto yeah. at home. My biggest thing in this one is a clean sheet. They are able they are able to keep a clean sheet, which allows them to not have to produce an exorbitant, you know, an, an absorbent amount offensively. And seeing the the connections that are starting to be made. Obviously, they had a lot of new faces in the door. It was going to take time for them to to make said connections but i think you're starting to see that and one of the big ones that i noticed in this game was bernadeski and richie larea right down the toronto's right side these two played extremely well off of one another and it actually led to the first goal yeah look uh, beckham where i'm coming from there's so much money been sunk into toronto been saying this for a couple of weeks. They got to do better. They've got an experienced coach. They've got experienced players. Obviously, losing Insigne, fine, but there's still enough out there. Um, comprehensive, if if you kind of look at it statistically, we talked about calendar, had a really good week last week. Obviously, a little bit unlucky. Inner Miami, they're very much up and down uh, as far as this goes. And I just realized there's a Neville that plays for for Inner Miami. I wonder, he's got to be related, right? I mean, for sure. Harvey so, Neville, for he's 20 years sure. old. He's his son. Yeah. Is he's his really? son? Stop yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. That is, that is, there's too much of this going on in Major League Soccer. Ooh. I'm sorry. Harrison Heath to Adrian Heath, Michael Bradley to Bob Bradley. Um, At least Michael's most, played for 20 years. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But when he got his U.S. men's national team debut, who is the head coach of the U.S. men's national team? Michael Bob Bradley. and Bob. Hmm. um keep wolf, going wolf and wolf wolf is 
Yeah, Suns, but come on. Very good player. I'm not arguing that he's not a good player. Did it all on his own. Didn't follow his dad off to Austin. Started in Atlanta, but where is he now? Okay. Got to give him credit. <laughs> For sure. No, I give him credit. I give him credit, but he started at Atlanta because that's where he was born. Yeah. Yeah, he was a homegrown player, grew up in their system, and then, you know, Papa Bear trades for him or signs him out of free agency. This just clicked in my mind. You had two father-son manager and players in this game. Oh, wow, yeah. I didn't (laughs) even think about that. That's hysterical. In Phil and and, and Hare Harvey. (laughs) Neville and Neville. And then then you've got... Uh, yeah. Oh, jeez. I mean, well, he's a right back. We'll see wow. how he does. He's got the number 18. He's 20 years old. He's in the supplemental supplemental spots. He's uh, two games played, 73 minutes. So uh, he's, this is his first start of the season. So he didn't make it super blatant, but we'll have to see. Um, anyways, Beckham. I'm also, I also want to I also want to point out, hold on. Can I please point out Beckham and Beckham? <laughs> I'm just going to say this. I, I have to. I know that he's on loan back in England, but he signed for Miami for one reason. Great. Papa Bear looking out for his little boy. For sure. You got it. Has to be. You got it. Why not? I mean, shit, I'd sign my son. Yeah. (laughs) So, a little bit of nepotism. Turns out it happens in the sporting world as well as the corporate world. But Beckham, I was, I I teed you up before we completely got off track. Uh, Toronto. The money spent, high expectations. They need to turn this one into multiple results because they are in eighth place right now in the Eastern Conference. Um, not bad, but again, early days. They need to just make sure that they're uh, focusing on what needs to happen to to stay in the playoff spot at a minimum. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like you said, early days. I think for them, there is a bit of added pressure because of the money that's been thrown into it, the resources that have been thrown into it. So, but yeah, like you said, there's a little bit of pressure, but I think this is a good result for them. Clean sheet, good for Sean Johnson. Makes an early save down to his right. A lot more difficult than people would give credit for. Yeah. So I want to point that out as a goalkeeper, you know, just a little something. Love it. Love it. Uh, How about this one? Chicago three, FC Cincy three. At what Chicago, an entertaining game. Honestly. And Chicago is about to whoop Cincy until the very end. You've got the goals. Uh, first one in the uh, eighth minute, Cincy gets up. Uh, but then it is all Chicago. Uh, you got, I can't even say, Preserve, Blico, uh, Chichos, and then Mueller. Just yeah. 45th minute penalty, 46th minute. We're talking about halftime, scoring in and around it. Uh, and then Moreno getting, uh, I'm sorry, Santos getting the 84th uh, for Cincy. And then 87, Moreno scores again to tie it up. Again, we're talking about disallowed goals. We're talking about just, just drama back and forth. And the most important thing that I'm confused about, Beckham, is why does Chicago not have a sponsor? <laughs> <laughs> Their jerseys actually look weird great because question. it's just clean. Yeah, great so question. So funny, so funny. What did you make of this? Obviously, uh, is your Cincy connections here? Um, but you know, FC Cincy off to a great start, Chicago off to a miserable spot start. No one really thinking much of them, but uh, kind of shocked the world here. Yeah, I mean, got a lot of love for Cincinnati, 
you know, being that they, they signed me as a homegrown and I love seeing the success. And this is a match. There's a great coincidence where right as the commentator goes, and it was like the 84th minute when Sergio Santos scores commentators going, you know, some pressure being applied here by Cincinnati. Could this be a little bit too, like too little, too late. Bang goal. A couple minutes later, bang goal. Chris Brady, two good saves at the death as well. Yeah. Yeah. Could have been since. Yeah. I agree. I think, I think it's a great response mentality from Cincy to come from two goals down. Um, two late goals from Chicago though, or two late goals from Cincinnati against Chicago. It's been a recurring theme where teams have been up and given away late goals and it's switching off late in games kills you. You have to be professional enough and mature enough to recognize that you are a goal up and see out a game. Hey, what about Brady? You weren't really sure what to do with them last week, Cody. You're like, hey, will the management stick behind him? Do you pull him out of the firing line for a second? He was moments away from getting a valuable three points. Never was going to get the clean sheet. Obviously, thoughts on how he played and and what they might do with him? I think, I mean, we spoke about it last week, right? Is there the possibility that they keep him in after the mistake because it's the best thing for him? He's going to learn from the mistake. He will adjust and he'll move forward. Or do they pull him out and possibly do more damage by pulling him out? I think they make the right decision. I think he responds well. They make, I mean, I don't know. It, based on his performance, the decision is right. It's as simple as that. He he plays well, makes saves. Uh, he's very unfortunate not to keep Cincinnati out of the back of the net two on one or two of the goals and walk away with three points. Yeah. Yeah. I think for any young goalkeeper, there's going to be growing pains and the confidence to stick with him is, is great. I think that's what you need to do. If you have the courage to throw a young goalkeeper net, you got to support him through it because yeah. not everyone's going to be perfect. And he repays you for that towards the end. I mean, he makes two incredible saves in the last 10 minutes, like mm-hmm. single-handedly saves a point in those last 10 minutes. Yeah. And he, look, he, he faced a lot. He had 14 shots, nine on target, right? His yeah, team. So six, six saves. He did. He had six saves. Yeah, now, interesting Chicago, right? So since he created all that stuff, Chicago had 14 shots, only four on target and three went in. <laughs> hey, it's a matter of taking your chances, right? And I'm sure that Beckham can attest to this. The goalkeeping in Cincinnati is not the issue. For me, right now, the issue is Cincinnati's defending. I haven't been at the club since they restructured the front office. They brought in a whole bunch of new players. They brought in, you know, whatever it might be. But the issue is on two on goals two and three, the defending is poor. 
they give away a bad penalty, and then they are not switched on in the first 30 seconds of the first of the second half. And they concede 16 seconds in because the line drops too deep. Mueller finds the space, brings the ball down inside the box, and just slots it past Celentano. And for me, you cannot give a player of Chris Mueller's ability time and space on the ball in the in the 18-yard box. Yeah, I mean, you can't give many players no. that much time and space. It's going to be goals. Yeah, uh, I think you're... You're right with that. And I, I will say, you know, you're missing Nick Hagland. That's a big piece to be missing. For sure. Big. 100%. Um, I do agree with that, Beckham. That's a, that's a fair point. I hadn't even really thought about that. Yeah. Well, look, uh, since he's still strong team, pushing hard up there, team. they're playing a 5-3-2, so they need to get their wingbacks uh, a little bit higher and, and pressing. But um uh, wild game. I think that one is probably the the number one game that stood out to me. Uh, like I said, when you look at the standings, it's not great. Chicago are absolutely bottom of the East in 15th and up in, you know, since you're in third. And I think they were second heading into this week. So, you know, they're, they're still instant in and amongst it. No concerns. Just a surprise is all I would say on that one. A surprise. Absolutely. I would also say a key piece to this game and I think Cincinnati's inability to create in the first 60 minutes was not having Lucho Acosta on the field. And as soon as they brought him on, the game changed because everything that Cincinnati does when he is on the field goes through Lucho Acosta. And he created, had an impact on the two late goals. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right with him. I mean, you know it because I've spoken to you about it. There were days at training where I'd walk off the field and felt like a five-year-old playing with grown men because of some of the goals he would score on me. Oh, I mean, his ability on the ball is out and out one of the best I've ever seen. His his tactical his tactical understanding and his spatial awareness is dude it's is incredible because he can get the ball and he'll spin three players and n- none of the three will know what just happened <laughs> you don't know what happened all yeah. right next up uh Dallas 2 Kansas City 1 um, all I want to kind of touch on this one, obviously not a lot here other than Kansas city, getting their first goal of the season. And then what yeah. about these penalties, right? Oh, fascinating. <laughs> fascinating. I the mean, you want to talk Kansas about city didn't get any points is pretty much on them. Yeah. Yeah. It, 100% on them. Um, dramatic is all I have to say. It also was a very entertaining game. Just simply because it was very back and forth. There were a lot of chances created for me. One of the game for me, one of the games of the week, simply because of the opportunities created and then the drama with the penalties, but that's just me. Yeah. Shout out to Martin pace. I, you know, it's like what he gets called for, for uh, leaving his line early Beckham and you're, and you're sitting here. We're all like, boo, booing the ref, like, come on, man. And then he comes back and makes a, a big save, you know, like, 
they it was it was just weird it was wild that had me reminiscing of i don't know if you guys remember it bill hamid when he was at dc united versus portland timbers i do not remember that but pk save gets called back okay. off his line. another pk okay. save called back off his line get going ballistic yellow cards everything i'm not sure if it was on the third pk that he saved another and they called it back or if it was the third pk they scored but okay i saw that clip yeah my goalkeeping dream like maybe yeah. have it get called back go ballistic <laughs> that was game. your dream oh i don't Same know if that's my there. dream get yeah, in the space yeah. after just talking yeah. all the trash there's one that I remember, and I think it was Evan Bush who was playing for Montreal. Did did it? Saved one, and it got called back, and saved it again. And I've seen it once or twice, like you know, with Bill or your story with Bill. Mine, I think it was Bushy, and it's just like, gosh, that is got to be one of the most difficult things to do because. They have the ability not only to change the side that they go to, right? But they also have the ability to just entirely change the kicker, which I think is what SKC did. SKC, I think, changed the penalty taker. Well, I'll tell you what. The first pen was great. Low to the corner. Yep. Great save. The second, second one was one, not a good save. And or I'm sorry, not a good shot, which made it a, a comfortable save. It was a bit of a uh, behind him a little bit, but he gets the palm up and does it. Uh, love the goalkeeper love look guys Dallas quietly in fourth right in in the, yeah, in the Western very Conference quietly. right now they, yes they've got two and wins think, a loss and a draw so they've only dropped points in one game they've got six goals four assists obviously everyone wants to see what Jesus Ferrer is going to do uh, I was just going to say that once he is firing and once he starts to make those connections and brings that false nine position that he plays it into effect in into like his makes it his own this year they're gonna be very very good because they've got everything else around him right now firing but once he can kind of bring everything together they can bring everything together including ferrera they're gonna be very good well well let's see uh on the other side of texas you got a bit of a local derby ish right in-state rivalry houston and austin Austin, what are you doing? Houston two, Austin, absolutely nothing. You went from stranglehold on the West outside of LAFC to like barely holding on right now. I thought this might've been, this is probably a bigger result than Chicago drawing Cincy um, just because of where Houston are at. You know, they were pretty sure dead last in the table walking into this one. One win, they jump up to ninth. That is wild. The goal difference matters. Back when you're talking about that, right? Goal difference matters in this league and getting a two nothing shutout against Austin FC sprung them up the board. Yeah, absolutely. And it carries over. You go into the next game with that confidence as well. Makes a massive difference. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I should have looked it up. I wonder that it's, there's another penalty. There would have been a penalty in almost every single game this weekend. Uh, that's a good statistic. There's a lot. I don't know. That's all I'm saying. There were a lot of them now. You guys yeah. talk. I'll th- look it up. I think for me, great performance by Houston. Um, Hector Herrera finally kind of delivers in, in a big moment for for the club and, and, and gets his goal. However, you look at Austin and you're thinking, what are these guys doing? 
where is the where's the Austin from last year? Where's the offensive firepower that we're so used to to seeing? Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. On the topic of, you know, going till the end and keeping your heads on, 86-minute goal for Houston puts the game away. Yeah, yeah. It's a good goal. Hector Herrera gets on the ball, plays that wide. The movement and the timing of the run to get inside the, you know, PK area. Yeah, I agree. A little yard of space to get the poke away. That's something that goes unnoticed. I mean, that's a very good play. By yeah, him. the off-the-ball work is is something that I think – a lot of people don't see and don't understand. And I think for someone who plays a six or an eight, Hector Herrera is a very good player in this league to watch because he does a lot of the dirty work that people don't appreciate. And that's why he was so valuable at Atletico. And one of the reasons that Houston paid him as much money as they did to get him here. I tell you what, I was, again, just shocked. I had all the expectations in the world. I don't know if they need to get Matthew McConaughey back in the locker room to give him a pep talk, but something needs to sort it out. That was yeah. a shocker uh, I agree. Of, of a result. Um, they're on the road, and I say that in quotations. They've Look, they've still got two wins, but the problem is they've got two losses, and they now flip to a negative one goal difference. Ain't going to cut it. But emphatic win of the weekend is St. Louis. St. Louis City SC getting three against San Jose. Look, San Jose won last week. It was at home. We said, could St. Louis City go six and oh? They are now officially the first team in MLS League history to be an expansion team and win their first four games. They look like a team. They, they know do. what they're doing. And by the way, fun stat to really twist you up here a little bit. They have scored the most goals inside the 18 with 10. Why are teams letting them inside the box? They've got 10 goals inside the box right now. My So that's a great question. But my main point has got to be not only are they not only not only are they winning games, but they are outperforming every team that they play. And that for an inaugural or for an inaugural team or an expansion team, whatever you want to call them, is a hell of an attribute to be able to step into the league and outperform teams, not just beat them, but outperform them. The dominant wins. Yeah. And okay, yes, they've got one or two goals that are lucky. Okay, the passbacks, whatever they might have been in, in weeks one and week two. But one of the commentators said this in the it, it, during the game. They have created their own luck. Yes. Yes, you create your own luck. And on and, the topic of them walking into the league first year, I want to add MLS Next Pro Yeah, may be a factor in being so prepared to walk into MLS. Yeah, Why? yeah, because they played – Go ahead, Bex. Multiple guys coming from their next pro team, and they're building to the MLS. So that entire yeah. year, they know last season. Yeah, last season, they know the goal is walking into the MLS, prepared to win right away. It's not other teams who have come into the league, 
Cincinnati, for example, come into the league and it's a rush. You need to get everything sorted. You need to get the facility up and running. You need to get your guys. You need to deal with the budgets, all that. They are single-mindedly focused on walking into the MLS, being prepared to win. Yep. It makes a and, big and and only and only having to add three or four or five pieces rather than an entire roster. They've yeah. essentially carried over a roster from last season with Berkey with um, I think Stroud was there last year. You know, they had some of these guys already in place working together and building those relationships and those connections to transition into the league and be in a good position to do it. Now is the question has St. Louis discovered the secret formula and will other expansion teams build off of what St. Louis have done early since their first year after match week five and we're in decent standings obviously not dominating like St. Louis but we're in a decent standing yeah early but you have to go ahead I I remember SE Cincy didn't you get pretty much like bring up the entire USL roster and it was a hard ride. I think I went to like an a Minnesota United game within the first two seasons and it was like eight, nothing. I, and it was, by the way, it was like 105 degrees that day in August. It was miserable, but like they didn't have anything. I remember Minnesota United coming into the league, right. Yeah. From NASL. And they brought in the guy who ex- did the expansion launch with Orlando, which was a disaster. And guess what? Minnesota had a disaster of a welcome to the league. Whoever yeah. is pulling the strings in the in the off in the front office for St. Louis has a job for life, essentially. Yeah. Because MLS is going to continue ex- to expand, and he will continue to be employed. He's like the starter. He's like, yeah. I got the first three years of any expansion team. I know what to do from year negative one to year zero to year one, just like Beckham said, this is wild guys. They are 11 goals scored four against plus seven undefeated at home, undefeated on the road. It is just such a surprising thing. But again, you go and you look at Bradley Carnell, the manager, not every piece was there, but the fact is they play a four, four, two, they're organized and they have the right players and the right pieces. Joao Klaus wouldn't fit into any team in the league. He fits in here. Got a little bit lucky when the ball ricocheted off two defenders as he just dribbled straight down the field, but they're still finishing and still creating chances. So I'm so impressed. Yep. I would agree too. And their game next week, I'm not sure who they are going to play. However, it is going to be Salt Lake away. Oh, it's going to be in my top three for sure. It's it has to, until they lose, they will be in my top three games to watch because well, they continue to make MLS history week after week as long as they're winning. They're going undefeated. I already put money on it. Um, yep. Salt Lake away next week. Uh, Minnesota at home the beginning of April, and then uh, Seattle on the road for them on their next three. Okay. Cincy at home, Colorado away, Portland at home again. Remember they have to play Portland twice in the first two months because yeah, well MLS scheduling. MLS scheduling. So look, look, Seattle, Cincy, and Colorado and Portland, there, there's some potential bogeys, right? You got to see, yeah. got to see what they have. But right now they are winning 
uh, the hearts and minds of a lot of people, let alone the city of St. Louis. Good for them. Lovely stadium, lovely team. All right, last two games, though, were Colorado 1, Minnesota 2. Not much here. Another penalty, obviously. Uh, a little bit of drama as I think um, Colorado scored right away and was called back. But um, I, 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 as someone living in Minnesota, all I want to say is I am worried about this Minnesota United team. I don't see a lot of dynamism out of them. I have very low expect expectations for them. Granted, they lost Reynoso. They need to figure out what they're doing because they can't go all season like this. They had a week by two, uh, a week to buy. Yeah, the international break coming up. I don't, I don't know. I'm not, they're not exciting me. No, uh, they are not. They are having to grind results out, and that is not sustainable. I know last year, they started extremely slow. I believe they lost their first four games this year. They are, they've started better, but I don't think their performances are sustainable. So something's going to give where they either need to go out and sign a replacement for Reynoso. Cause I don't think he's coming back and, or, and, or they need to make a change somewhere along the lines of coaching staff front office whatever it might be um you know Beckham a little bit interesting you know from them they've lost their only game at home and they've won two on the road like a little bit of an interesting situation for them they've also had to play I think it was FC Dallas they had to play and then came home or had a bye played at home back on the road to Colorado which has its challenges but again grinded it out they're going to have to put something together a little bit and figure out how they're going to attack. Cause right now there's just not a lot in terms of goals coming from them and goal creation. Yeah. But if they're finding a way to grind things out, get wins, there's something to be said about that. You know, that's a factor that goes into a long season and adds up. Does it get tiring? Does it kind of like grind you out as a team? If you're just like barely Absolutely. kind of getting it over. Absolutely. Absolutely. It does. And that's, that's where, like you guys are saying, they need to, they need to find something to kick them into gear and make it more smooth sailing. But having that ability to fall back and grind out a, a win or even a draw, you know, on the road is an important factor. Absolutely. And I will say this, Adrian Heath has built a team full of experience that has the capability to do that. That he has brought in guys like Michael Boxel, guys like Will Trapp, guys like Zarek Valentin, who know the league and know how to grind results out and sit in and play to play in a low block and really see that out because that's not only going to help you get results in the league in season but also help you in playoffs which is where they ultimately want to be and have you know have been for quite some time i think now they just need that replacement for reynoso and i think that that will get them over the hump oh lucky us home fans we get to watch a grind out season we'll well we'll, we'll figure it out we'll 
you know, they need to do something at home, grind it on the road, but at home, you've got to put on a show. Yeah, uh, new, you got to win your stadium. home games in MLS if you want to make the playoffs. A hundred percent. Look, Colorado are now officially the worst team in the MLS, having played four and only one point. Uh, they've got a negative six goal difference. All the key stats mm. here, Beckham just points to them having a rough go of it. Uh, I don't think anyone had really any hope for them going into the season, but they've definitely not done anything to change our minds. Yeah. We can leave it at that. I think (laughs) need not need not pass judgment as I clearly just did. All right. (laughs) Last game of the weekend was LA galaxy one Vancouver one LA galaxy. Look, every time I see them play, I'm like, wait, he plays there. He plays there. It's a little bit interesting. Um, the 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 team that they have built here um with with Puig and and Caceres and and um I think that was the other one I think Caceres was the new one today that I have um Klinsman as well anyone recognize that name oh I'm very well aware of that name <laughs> a goalkeeper obviously um but LA uh, off to a slow start this season they're drawing uh Vancouver off to a Vancouver start. I think, you know, it's uh spilled Takaoka spilled the the ball to give galaxy their goal, even though they'd had other uh, chances go in and called off, but um, a great goal, I would say from Vancouver, Cody Blackman. I don't know how he twisted his body in midair to get behind that. And it was a bullet header. Snap header for my boy. Um, Gressel Kristen obviously is, with the assist. Kristen who? Gressel. Yeah. Was it well, him or Gold? I think it was, I think it was Julian gold stepped up to uh, act like they were resetting the ball. Julian delivers the ball essentially as gold goes to pick it up. Um, Tristan with the snap header. Look, this is something that we worked on last year at Vancouver. This is a set piece we worked on last year. Um, And I'm just happy that those three and maybe four or five players are getting the their moment in the spotlight. There have been a lot of uh, changes in the lineups. Obviously, Vancouver brought in new players. Certain guys aren't getting the minutes that I think they that they deserve. And I'm glad that Tristan, having been one of them, I don't think started the season or didn't start the second game of the season and is now kind of getting his goal and his starting role. And I I think it's a good point on the road for Vancouver. They get away with a lot in this game. Takayoko has to make a double save to keep them in the game. Raposo, I think, defends extremely well on on one or two opportunities by clearing the ball off the line. It's you know, things are kind of in their favor right now, even though they're not doing so well in the league, even though they're not winning games. You were saying something, Beckham? Yeah, I mean, a phenomenal double save at that. Yeah. Wild. Yeah, fantastic. This is the game that really, like, annoyed me where the referee had to go to the pitch side monitor to decide if a goal was offsides or not. Like, that's not their job. That yeah. should be done no. in the VAR booth, offsite, like, you know, with the lines. It was weird to me that MLS seems to be missing that because I praised them last week on going to it for in-game tackles and things like that. That's where they need the yes. second angle, which is weird. Um, but 
Beckham bond last week, team of the week goalkeeper. Uh, we said he had like 11 saves. Cause I think sporting Casey had 30 shots or something like that. Insane. He has to go off injured in the 25th minute. And that's why I brought up Klinsman's name earlier. Uh, that's tough to make that change mid game. And you're like LA need bond. Like he stood on his head last week. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough thing to do. I've never in my professional career, never had to go into a match, but Cody, have you? Yeah. A few times. Uh, did it. I think my, my debut for MK Dons was a sub appearance. Uh, David Martin, Dave Martin got injured, I think maybe tweaked his groin or his hamstring. So I went in and then my debut last year for Vancouver was uh, an injury sub. Uh, Thomas broke his finger and I went in versus Toronto and we, I think we won one zero or did we tie one, one? I'm not sure, but um, yeah, I've been there and it's a very tough situation to kind of step into. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't, I can't speak from experience, but I know I've felt the the flurries that go through you when the starting goalkeeper is down and you know, you might be yeah. going and it's just yeah, for sure. And and usually you don't take any reps and warm up or like yeah. you're sitting on the bench, you're cold. The reps you warm up or the shooting drill right before. Yeah. Um, yes. No, yes. 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 From that. Yeah. You go, you know, goalkeeper goes yeah. down. What and you're in the game. Yeah. And the big thing, the big thing for me in this one is adrenaline. Adrenaline gets you through, right? That first game. And then it's okay. Now you're the guy going into the next game because this injury is probably more than a one game injury. So now you can properly prepare, but for sure in that moment when you're getting subbed on or when you're possibly getting subbed on that adrenaline spike is your heart rates climbing. With that being said, Klinsman is a very good goalkeeper. I remember there yeah, was one very game, capable. Um, maybe against Minnesota, where he got the start and stood on his head. Yeah, last season, right? Yeah, last season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think uh, you're right. I would say uh, kudos to Gressel. He is in third place on the assists uh, leaderboard right now with three. I was just kind of looking through some of the the top assists. Assists. Assist. Uh, Kubas is in second with the most tackles one. So credit that they are willing to just kind of grind in the midfield. Um, but yeah, yeah that I mean, is, that is a, a big part of their game is, is grinding results out. I've played behind that, you know, back three, back five, uh, played in their system. I should say, however, you know, you want to, you want to phrase it. That said, Julian is in the top three for assists in the league. You just said, Gold yet they is. drag they they drag him after sixty minutes. For me, I don't understand that. He's one of your best players. And Who did? Vancouver. They dragged Gressel at sixty minutes. They subbed him off. Yeah, Gold is top three with eleven key passes. There's, it's there. The the, it, the pieces it, it are there, there for Vancouver. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. But you gotta keep the ball out of the back of the watch. net and score your goals. Sometimes they're a hard watch. So look, that's on Vianney to, to sort it out. For sure. Beckham, my man, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for saving me personally from having to do this with Cody again on my oh, own. Oh, it's so bad. You're just such a terrible host, Brandon. Uh, Actu- well, actually, you know, 
think we did a great job because Beckham, you shined a light on uh, a lot of different things. So I thought it was great. There's a couple of times you guys went back and forth, which I will clip and put on. But hey, man, again, just thank you. It's obviously good to have you on. Good to bring your Cincy glasses to the table. Uh, good to bring another goalkeeper's perspective to it. Um, you know the league. It's great to uh, to get to share that perspective with everybody. And yeah, I will well. say this. Beckham, we need a jersey so that Brandon can add to his collection in the background there and maybe take down or swap one or two things out because the two things on his left are like seven years old. So at least. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed it. And I'll have to work on the jersey. Okay. Take me some time because don't have a team right now. Yeah, I get it. I get it. And I'm out of jerseys from SEC. Which is crazy, right? They go quick. They go quick. Maybe maybe you come out here and train in OC. Ooh, maybe I get maybe I just make a little phone call. We'll see yeah. what's what. Maybe uh, as we just talked about nepotism. There's <laughs> <laughs> no bloodline, but connections are good. Having a network is good. It's about who you know, not what you know. Oh man. I like that. Well, Beckham, again, thanks so much. Uh, if you want to follow Beckham, links in the description. That's it for us. We're done. Week four in the books. Again, this league is insane. I had no idea what I was signing up for, but I love getting to talk to the guys who are in it week in, week out to see what stands out to you. So anyways, that's it from us. We'll be back week five, as always. If you would, follow us on social media and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Helps us be found. Uh, anyways, we're good. We'll be back later this week.